I'm trying to get you guys on the podcast, and you're not. There we go. Somebody's like, that was my scream. That was me. I always feel like there's people that go to concerts, and you never, I don't think you ever want to probably tell the audience that they're doing a live concert, because in the middle of like a really like serious song, you always have some doofus go, yeah, you know, so that he can go and say, that was me. And, and they don't tell him that, you know, they can just erase his, you know, voice out. But so we'll, whoever screamed real loud, um, that's what we're going to do with you. But anyway, um, no. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. We'll leave that scream on there just because now we have to. Um, <laughs> somebody will come up to me, I know. It's like, I downloaded that podcast and I wasn't on there and I'm very disappointed in you and, and you know, it'll be sad and, and weird. But if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be in Matthew tonight. Matthew, Mateo, um, it's my brother's name, so that's all I know um, when it comes to Matthew names. Uh, Matthew, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to be right in the first part of chapter 4. And tonight what we're going to talk about is something that you just love to talk about. It's one of your favorite things in the world. You just get so excited, you get all giddy, you giggle, and you get all excited. Because what we're talking about tonight is tests. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, woohoo, yay, way to go. Tests, I love it. Um, I don't know if your Bible has this. My Bible has like sub headings, you know, to kind of tell you exactly what this little part is called. And mine says, the test. No, not not test, the test. And I find it interesting that in my Bible, and, and I, I use the, um, tonight I'll be using the message version, it actually capitalized the word test. I'm not sure why, but I just noticed that the word test was actually capitalized in this portion of Scripture. But tonight what we're going to be talking about is tests. Something you love, something you desire, something. How many of you had a test today? How many of you had a test this week? How many of you flunked that test? Put your hands down. You did fine. Yeah, you want to pet? Yeah, math tests. <laughs> I was watching, I was watching, um, with, last night Emily and I were watching the, the, uh, the Cosby show on TV. Yeah, and it was the one where uh, Mrs. Um, what Wessel what? No, no, no. The te- his teacher, uh, Theo's teacher, Mrs. Westlake. That's right. Mrs. Westlake was coming over, and he had a real hard test. And Theo just makes the comment. He said, "He said, Dad, that was a hard test, Dad." He said, "Cockroach." He just he just got up at the end when the, the test was over, and all he could say was, "I never got past question three. You know, and so he had a test, and so. But I remember when I was in high school, I had, I had a major test, okay? I was in a program in high school called International Baccalaureate, which is kind of like um, advanced placement, AP, okay? It's a very, very, a very difficult bunch of classes, and I took a, uh, IB history. Now, what that entailed was this. I have four years of history in real, real deep study, starting from contact um, in the Americas, till the very end, till basically present day America. And it started when I was a freshman. And I started freshman year, and I did freshman, and then, and then I did uh, sophomore, and then junior and senior. I took this history class for four years. And then at the end of the class, what you had to do was you got an IB grade. 
which was important because this is what you got to take to, to colleges and say, wow, look how smart I am. Let me you know, not have to take any history in, in college. And so what that consisted of was a score. You could get a, a score between seven and zero. Seven being the best, zero being maybe you should have been in this program. Okay? No, it, it was very, very tough. And, and what you had to do is you had to write a, a basically a huge paper your senior year that was, I think mine ended up being almost 30 pages long. It's huge, okay? And then the last thing you had to do is do what was called the IB test. Now, the IB test was the last, like, you know, you got senioritis like crazy. All you wanted to do is get out of high school. And they, like, say, oh, before you graduate, you get to go take what's called the IB test. This was a two-day test, and it, was, it covered anything. It could cover anything from the very beginning of contact all the way to present-day America. And you had to sit there all day for two days and write nothing but essays on questions that they gave you. I sat there for two days writing in little blue, stupid little blue books like crazy. When all, and then you, they, they take all the grades from that and then they take your paper grade. They put them together and they give you a number and that was very, very important. And I remember studying for that test. That was a huge test. I remember sitting there thinking to myself, not only did I need to know the major things, I needed to know the silly insignificant things that meant nothing, but it meant really cool. It would fit really cool into my essay. And I would sit there and I would study. I studied very, very, very little in high school. I just didn't see the need for it, you know? I figured I could get B's without studying. Why study and get A's? It just didn't make sense to me, so I didn't do it much. But I studied for that test. And that test was huge, and I mean, it was unbelievable. I remember reading that test. I studied for months for that test. And I remember when I got the test, there was still stuff on the test that I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Who did, what? What? I got to get another, give me another question, because it was so unbelievably hard. And tests are going to be a part of your life. When you get out of school, it doesn't matter. I still have tests today, but we're not going to be talking about necessarily the mental side of tests or things like that. We're talking about spiritual tests that God is going to take us through and that God is going to allow to have happen. We're not going to let, focus in on this being the main point of what we're going to be talking about tonight, but I want to read to you just the very beginning of what this thing says. Check this out. In verse 1, it says, Next, Jesus was taken into the wild, this is the important part, by the Spirit. Think about that for a second. Now, some of you that know the story are really kind of, this, this may be something you weren't aware of. Jesus went into the wilderness for his test because God led him to do so. That really takes the, the, the thought process of life being perfect and roses and peachy keen jelly bean and just kicks it out the window. Some of the things, one of the, most hard, one of the hardest lessons I had to understand as a Christian is sometimes, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes you can be smack dab in the middle of God's will and be miserable with your situation. Don't base, I'm in God's will because everything's perfect and now I'm not in God's will because everything is difficult. That doesn't line up with what the scripture says. Jesus was led into the spirit led by the Spirit into the wilderness for his big test. 
So it's not always the situation where we look at things and go, well, life is perfect, so I must be in God's will. Sometimes we can be life going along pretty, pretty well, and we can be very, very far from God's will. And sometimes we can be smack dab in the middle of God's will and have life seem like it's fallen down around us. But there's peace knowing that we're where God wants us to be. But that's, that's, that's another side note. That's for free. Next. So what we're going to talk about tonight is the test. What did Jesus do? How did Jesus prepare? What was Jesus' understanding about the test that's going to take place? Now, some of you are saying, I'm not in a test right now. I'm not in a trial right now. Do me a favor. Wait. It won't be long. This is a, this is a teaching that is so important because whether or not you're in it right now really doesn't matter because you will. You are going to go through things. God is going to lead you through things for specific reasons and specific purposes. And you are going to go through things like this. And so you need to pay attention. You need to understand. You need to see what God is trying to communicate for us. Because every single one of us, many, 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 many times in our lives are going to go through trials and testing and temptation like Jesus went through. We can learn a lot from how Jesus handled it and how he took it and how he learned from it and how he prepared for it. So the first thing we're going to look at, first thing that we're going to see the way through Jesus did this. And first, let me just let me just do this. Let's just do this. It'll be easier. Let me just read this story. Just take a couple seconds. It's starting at verse number one of chapter four in Matthew, and I'll end in, in verse 11. It says, next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the spirit for a test. The devil was ready to give it. Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. That left him, of course, in a state of complete extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of on the first test. Since you are God's son, speak the word and you that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of the words from God's mouth. For the second test, the devil took him to the holy city. He sat him on top of the temple and said, Since you are God's son, jump! The devil goaded him by, saying, by quoting Psalms 91. He has placed you in care of the angels. They will catch you so that you won't as much as stub your toe on, on one of the stones. Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy. Don't you dare test the Lord your God. For the third test, the devil took him to the peak of a high mountain. He gestured expansively, pointing out all the kingdoms of the earth, how glorious they were. Then he said, they're yours, lock, stock, and barrel. Just go down on your knees and worship me, and they're yours. Jesus Jesus refused. He said, beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation for Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. The test was over. The devil left. And in his place, angels, angels came and took care of Jesus' needs. Unbelievable. Jesus is out in the wilderness, hanging out, and then the devil shows up to test him. To, to see kind of where Jesus is at and what's going on. And, and very interesting. So that's the first thing we're going to look at is the first thing is that Jesus prepared for the test. Do you understand? Jesus was not living in a happy-go-lucky dream world, figuring out, I'm the son of God. Satan will not mess with me. He prepared. He was ready for the test that came. Bible says to prepare. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Basically, what he did was he focused entirely on God. 
during that time. He said, I'm going to focus entirely on what God is telling me, what God is doing, because I know there's a test that's coming. Jesus was not ignorant of the fact that he knew Satan would do everything in his power to destroy him. It's funny that we walk around with the exact opposite view of the world. You ever, you ever, you ever met people like that? Oh, everything is wonderful. Jesus loves me. I love you. Oh, the sun is shining. The birds are singing. Flowers are dancing. It's wonderful. And you're like, what is this going to happen to this person when Satan just comes and drops a ton of bricks on their head? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but so beautiful. The sun is shining. You know. Jesus, Jesus was not afraid of Satan. He was not scared of Satan, but he understood how Satan worked. He understood that Satan was out to destroy him. Remember what, what Peter says? He says that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking out who he may devour. Listen, if Satan is stupid enough to think that he can get Jesus to mess up, he is going to go after you no problem. He is not going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I can get Jesus to, to, to sin, but I won't mess with Justin because he's perfect. Not going to happen. So Jesus prepared. He understood what was coming. I remember I was in fourth grade. Now, I was good in school at certain subjects like most kids, and I was bad at other subjects. Some of you are, are good at all subjects you are in. You are, you, are, you, are, you are good at math, you're good at science, you're good at lang English and language and, and history and, and, and all those sort of things. And, and to you, I say, I don't like you very much because I was bad at certain things. And one thing I was real bad at, especially in elementary, and I still am horrible at it, is spelling. I couldn't spell, I still can't spell. One of the greatest inventions of all time is spell check. I love spell check. I love being able just to, to go, I'm typing out an email and I'm like, is that spelled wrong? I don't care. Spell check. And then it comes up and it's like, wrong word. And I'm like, oh, that's the right word. Click, change, good. And then I look smart. You know, you ever, got, you ever gotten like an uh, email from, from somebody that got a bunch of misspellings? And you get, you get on your, like, you know, correction high horse, you know. Well, they uh, didn't put quotations in where they should have. They ended that sentence with a double negative. <laughs> yes. How do you spell dog? I don't know, but I know they didn't do it right, you know. And so I'm sitting there. I, I was horrible at spelling. And my mom and my dad would just get so frustrated with me because I do good in everything else except spelling. And we would have every week, oh, man, every single week. It was like, you know, it's like this teacher just was like the spelling Nazi, you know. It was like every week another ten words, man, that I had to memorize them stupid words and learn how to spell them. Now, some of you that I, you know, it's like some of you, I had friends that, that, that was no problem, but I was horrible at it. So I remember I was determined to do better in spelling. Like out of the ten, like usually, seriously, usually out of the ten words, I'd get like three. And that was because I was a good guesser. Either that or I cheated and looked off somebody else's paper, you know. That was, that was before the teacher said, build you a wall. Do you ever have to do that? 
Yeah, that's when, like, we, we would do that in, in elementary school. We'd have to take folders and put folders up, you know, to, like, guard us, you know. And the thing is, if, if you're smart, you know, you, you, you know, I, I, you, know you, you could get around that, but I won't tell you how. Anyway, because you shouldn't cheat. Anyway, um, but, but we would do that, and I decided, I was like, man, I'm going to study, and I'm going to do good on this spelling test. So, man, I did. I studied those words. I sat with my mom, you know, after dinner, and she would read the words, and I'd write them down. And if I got them wrong, I'd have to write them like 15 times, you know. And then I'd do the test again, and if I did them wrong, I'd write them another 15 times. You know, we went through about, you know, 45 pieces of paper, but finally I got them all right. And Friday came, and it was time for the spelling test, and man, I was ready. And, you know, and I was, I was a little kid, you know, I had a little, little I was real short. Thank you for bringing that up. Be quiet. Um, <laughs> Aren't they sweet? You know? um, I was a little kid, and I was, I was so excited. I was a little cocky kid when it came to certain things, and I was cocky about that spelling test, man. I was walking into class Friday. What's up? Going to ace a spelling test. You watch. It's going to be good. It's going to tear it up. I had a high voice. You know I mean? Some things haven't changed. But anyway, I, I was so excited, man. I was just waiting for that spelling test. You know, it was like after lunch, you know. And usually I wouldn't have a very good lunch on Friday because I was sitting there going, I don't know how to spell, you know, wonderful or whatever the word was. And so I was ready. Now, I'm, I'm talking smack about my spelling test at lunch. You know, I'm going, hey, Rob, spelling test. Going to beat you down. You're going to get all of them wrong. I'm going to get 10 out of 10. Never had 10 out of 10. In, in spelling in my life, you know. It was like, I'm going to take it home, going to put it on the refrigerator. Yes, sir. You know, the, the place that for some reason we, your parents put good grades and, and really ugly artwork. And I was so excited. Go put it up there. And so we get, to, we get there, and I'm going, I'm going, all right, I'm ready. Mrs. Jansen, or Mrs. Williams is my fourth grade teacher. Mrs. Williams, I'm ready for this spelling test. And she's like, sure you are, yeah. You're going to flunk, aren't you? Like, oh, no, I'm going to do good. I studied. I'm ready. So we get up. I get my paper out, put my name on it. I'm ready to rock and roll, even number the pages. You know, I'm ready. Number one, number two, number three, because I'm just going to fly through these things. I don't have time to write the numbers down. I'm ready. Ready. First word. And she says the first word, and I went, wait. Wait a minute. She said, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember that word. We only have ten. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's extra credit. So she said the next word. I, said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that word. Well, hold, hold on. Hold on. She says the next word. And you can't talk during spelling test. So you get all the way through, and I don't write a single word down. Turn over the page. She said, okay, I need to collect them. And I raised my hand. I said, Mrs. Williams. And she said, yeah, Aaron. I said, um, wh where were those words? She goes, well, those were your words for the week. I said, what about this word, this word, this word, this word, this word? She goes, Aaron, that's next week's words. I just want to say, for all of you that laughed just then, I, for all of you that laughed just then, I mean, just, just, just let it all come out in my pain and my disappointment, I just, I just want you to know that I hope you flunk out of school. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Everybody's like, no, man. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to pray that way. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> strike them down. No. Um, like, 
it was like, it reminds me, I don't remember if it's Elisha or Elijah, you know, but whichever one was bald, you know. And the kids, this, this is a story in the Bible. The kids are making fun of him, you know, hey, Mr. Baldy, hey, hey, Bald. And so he's like, you know, so a bear comes and eats the kids, you know. <laughs> don't mess with me, okay? You know, I'm No. But yeah, but I studied and I worked and I prepared and I, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't change the fact that the next week, man, I knocked that test out, you know. I was so excited. Yeah, I got zero last week, but I got 10 out of 10 this week because I was ready. So then I discovered that it would be easier just to study every, you know, so I just kind of continued to do that. And, and that's why I was in special classes for spelling. But anyway, <laughs> I prepared. It's important. Jesus understood it. He asked us to do it. And if he needed to do it, if he needed to do it, we need to do it. We need to be aware of that. Next thing, I love this. Jesus knew all the answers. Satan comes up to him and says, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? He's like, pow, pow. Isn't that the greatest feeling in the world when you've studied and you know the answers? You get the test and you're just like, that's so easy. Done. And you hand it in and you're ready to rock and roll. Isn't that, isn't that, I love that feeling. That's a great feeling because you know you prepared. You know you're not having to do one of those like Holy Ghost experiences right before a test. You know what I'm talking about? If, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let, let me refresh your memory because you've all done this. You've walked in. You're sitting there. You're a little pale because you're scared to death. And you walk in and you sit down on your desk. And people are looking at you kind of funny. And you're just kind of smiling, you know. And then you know the test is coming. And so all of a sudden you have one of these. You're just like, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, answers, 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 you know. I had one kid that really believed he could learn by osmosis. And he was taking the book and he just rubbed it on his head, you know. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. It's like, no, you're not just getting static electricity. No, I'm learning, I'm learning. You know, he... He, 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 he rode the short bus. But anyway, um, I'm learning, you know. And it was, so, it was so great. It's so awesome to know the answers. It always, oh man, it would just make me feel so good. And you all, you all know what I'm talking about. You all know what I'm talking about. I was really, really bad in high school because spelling kind of ended in elementary school. Thank goodness. It just meant that I had to, you know, work really hard and have my mom proofread everything, you know, and have her check and spelling and stuff. But I was really bad in math. Okay, let me explain something to you, okay? I don't know which side of the brain it is, okay, right or left, I don't know. But I was good in English, language, um, novels, and history, and was real bad at science and math. So I don't know which brain, right, I'm right brain, brain, is that right, 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 right brain. So I was bad at stuff like that. And man, I remember I was, I was horrible at geometry. It amazed me. Jeff Meeker brings his, his, his Trigonometry 4000 book to church. And he's like, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, this thing might as well be in French. Because it was like, it was, and it was so stupid. Math drives me crazy, man. Because it's like, if a train is traveling at 500 miles per hour, traveling due north at, at 2.30 p.m., and another train is traveling at 555 miles per hour, traveling due south, at what point will they collide? Who cares? Get them off the track. They shouldn't run into each other anyway. <laughs> Why is that so difficult to understand? You fire the guy that makes them go this way together. <laughs> Or you call the train and you do something crazy. You tell the train to stop. 
And yet I am sitting there trying to figure out this stupid question. And finally the test is over and I'm going, I didn't answer anything. I didn't get past question three, you know. And I was horrible at geometry. The only thing that made sense to me, Jeff, with geometry was like the pool table illustration. Yeah, I, oh, did, oh, good. That makes me feel good. Um, yeah, Meeker, dude, bro, you had a book and you, you had X's and Y's and could figure those things out. Don't, don't sell yourself short. And I was, I'm trying to do all these angle things and I was horrible at it. I was horrible at it, and I was just, I mean, but finally I got a teacher. His name was Mr. Gowdy, and I liked Mr. Gowdy because Mr. Gowdy understood something that some math teachers need to understand, and that's this. There are some people who don't like math. <laughs> there are some people who aren't good at math. There are some people who don't like numbers. <laughs> He was good. He understood that. I had teachers who looked at me when I said, I don't get this, and thought I was a nutcase. What do you mean you don't understand the square root of 455? <laughs> Everyone knows what the square root of 555 is. I don't. Well, that's because you are stupid. You know, I mean, it really made me feel that way. Mr. Gowdy didn't. Mr. Gowdy made me understand that even though I wasn't good at it, that he could help me. And it was, it was like unbelievable. I remember being in his class and finally getting it, finally getting a test back from math that didn't have an F on it. It was a D, but it wasn't an F, you know? <laughs> and he helped me and he took me under his arm and he said, let me, let me show you how to do this. And I remember when I, man, I would get one of those tests and it felt so good when I could figure it out. I mean, because a lot of that was just like formulas. And if you knew kind of the formula, you know, you could kind of, you could kind of figure it out. And man, that was awesome. I used to love that. Because, because I, would get, I, would, I, would, I would do awesome in homework. Because all the answers were in the back of the book. <laughs> and I remember the teacher saying, you know, you're not really learning if you're using the answers in the back of the book. And I was like, I don't care. But he helped me. He helped me understand. And Jesus understood not only the answers, but where to find them. You know what the question that so many Christians, non-Christians have is what are the answers? What are we here for? What are we doing? Why is this? Why is that? Here's the thing you guys got to understand. This is the answer book. You don't even have to go to the back of the book. The answers are in here all throughout. Jesus understood that. That's why he quoted this book to Satan. Jesus didn't even, listen, Jesus was the son of God. But yet Jesus still stood on the authority of the word. Why don't we just do the same? If we don't know the answer, why don't we look in here and find it? Jesus understood that. Jesus understood that when the test came and the questions began to come, he knew where he could find the answers. And here's what's crazy. Jesus didn't have all of this yet, quote unquote, okay? Jesus just had... that much. Well, this part hadn't been written yet. You got lots of information 
Are you spending time studying it? Are you spending time reading it? Are you spending time learning the answer so that when the enemy comes and the tests begin to come, that you have an answer? The Bible says to make sure you have an answer, to be ready to give an answer for why you believe what you believe and why you do the things you do. It's important. It's something you need to realize. And then the last thing, and this is cool, because see, Jesus, he, he, he totally, completely aced the test. He has all this stuff. He's prepared. He's ready. He knows the answers. And then basically he says, Satan, get out of here. Satan leaves and he's gone. He passes the test. You know, it, it's one of those things that, and, and because of that, the thing you got to understand is right after this, okay, right after this, Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Okay? Right after this whole thing is over, he basically goes and, and, and starts his ministry on earth. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. Here's the thing that you need to just pound into your heart until it stays there forever. You have everything you need to pass. So many times... So many people feel like they're failures. They feel like that when trials have come, when tests have come, they failed. Look, here's the thing you're going to have to understand. You are never going to probably handle a test perfectly. You're never going to handle a problem perfectly. It blows me out of the water when I talk to people about a situation, something maybe between two people, and I say, well, 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 what's going on? And they tell me the story, and they say something like this. Well, it is all their fault. No way. No way. I have never, ever been in a situation in my life where it was completely someone else's fault. It may be 99.9% their fault but there's always slightly a piece that I could have handled better. Maybe, maybe not my actions outside, but the way I thought, the way I communicated, the way I, I looked at the situation. And, and you're not going to always handle every test perfectly. But listen to me. You have the ability and you have the tools to pass every single one. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to fret. You don't need to be worried about it. You need to understand that you, through Jesus, have the ability to pass everything that comes down the pipe. That's so important that you understand. Because there's going to be things that are going to happen in your life that are hard and that are difficult that Jesus wants to use to help you to grow and help you to mature and help you to be more like Him. And you're going to pass. You lean on Him. You trust in Him. You just allow Him to do in you what He needs and wants to do and you will be okay. Do you understand? Do you, do you get that? Because here's the thing. For so long, 
you have, a lot of you have felt like you're just not getting it. And oh, if I was just like this person, or if I was just like that person, or if I just did this, or if I just did that. And guys, listen to me. Hear me on this. Jesus loves you just the way you are. Does he want you to become more like Jesus? He wants everybody to be more like Jesus. But you need to understand, Satan is going to come, and if he can't defeat you in the test, he's going to get you to feel like you failed it. And think about that for a second. If Jesus had felt like he had failed, and Jesus had felt like he hadn't done the test right, he probably never would have gone into ministry. And if he would never gone into ministry, I seriously doubt he would have ever been killed and died on a cross, and so on and so forth, so on and so on and so on. He could have been robbed of what what God desired for him to do if he had felt like he had failed in in, in, in passing the test. And that's something you have to understand. Hey, you're going to have great days and you're going to have bad days. So when you have a bad day, lay your head on the pillow, say, God, I'm sorry for messing up. Help me do better tomorrow. When you have a good day, say, God, thank you for a good day and help me to do better tomorrow. Because all those things are going to take place. And you're always going to have to deal with these things. But Jesus is there. He won't leave you. He's not going anywhere. And he'll help you to pass these tests. And you'll be stronger. You'll be more like Jesus. You'll be more mature when it's all said and done. And that's what we desire because that's what God wants from us. He wants us to become like his son. And if Jesus had to go through some tests and some trials, so are we. But he's there and he'll help us. He'll be there to put his arms around us and love us.